Oh, GYC, do you love Jesus? Oh, yes, we love Jesus. Are you sure you love Jesus? I'm sure I love Jesus. And why do you love Jesus? Here's why I love Jesus. Because he first loved me. That's the reason we all are to love. Loud as you can, last chance. I know you can do better. Oh, yes. I love Jesus. So, how I love Jesus. Because he first loved me. How many of you, that's why you're here this morning? It's because I love Jesus. Amen? Amen. Before we jump into our message this morning, two things. Number one. I came downstairs to hear you guys sing last night at the piano. I was blessed. I was encouraged. I was excited. Kind of took me back to Africa for a minute. I was like, praise God, except you guys were just a little bit lighter. Um, secondly, um, I just want to say that it has been a privilege um, to be able to minister with Pastor Finley, Pastor Asherick. You guys have enjoyed their messages. Amen. Amen. And, of course, Chester is going to bless us later on this morning. So it's been a privilege to minister with them. Each of them have really impacted my lives. The young lady who led me into the church, it was um, some tapes from Youth for Jesus in Atlanta. And so she popped in on the way home from college. I was a rapper. And so she said, oh, you mind if I give you a ride? You guys never tried this kind of evangelism. I'll give you a ride home. And then you pop in a sermon <laughs> while you're driving the person home. And then you drive extremely slowly <laughs> so that you actually get to hear the whole sermon. And so the first sermon I ever heard preached by an Adventist preacher was Revelation's Lady in White about the Remnant Church. Powerful message. Um, so I just wanted to, I don't know if Pastor Ashrick is here or he's watching me on his MacBook Pro um, in his hotel room, but I just wanted to let him know that the Lord has used him mightily in my life. I'm always grateful for his faithfulness to preaching the Word of God. Amen? And that surely I'm fruit in his ministry. I say the same for Pastor Finley. He's one of my favorite preachers. I love to listen to Pastor Finley preach. He's like an old-time preacher, you know what I mean? You know, back in the day, they used to have the rhyming and the, the alliterations in their sermon. You know, you can take Daniel, change his master, but you can't change his mind. And I'm sitting in the back and I'm getting teary-eyed. I'm like, man, I love listening to this. And I almost started crying in the middle of his sermon, sitting in the back. And I was like, man, I love listening to preachers who it's always been in their heart to finish God's work. Pastor Finley is one of those people. But in spite of all the encouraging words uh, that I've heard throughout this time, I also received a very sobering text message this morning, a little bit before 6 a.m. It was about a young man who's not here, but some of his fellow young people are here from his church. He was watching this new movie that has come out, Paranormal Activity. As a result of this, he started having manifestations of demonic possession. The young people texted me. They said, hey, you know, can you pray for him? 
So immediately I responded, it's done. So for two hours, two and a half to three hours, they're praying with him. The pastor was there. They're calling anyone they can in the hallway to come. They're singing hymns. And it was, I can only imagine for them, it was probably a very eye-opening, kind of earth-shattering kind of experience. So I told them that I would allow us and have us say a word of prayer for this young man. Is that okay? But before we do that, I just want to go on record saying that there are people sometimes who think that watching such films and partaking in certain kinds of experiences is just no big deal. And sometimes it's sad that it takes a young man to become demonically possessed for us to come to an understanding that we should be avoiding these things in the first place. Young people don't let it get that far. Why do I have to give up this music? Why do I have to put aside these movies? You're playing on the devil's ground. But there are some among us who some people may call liberal. I call them backslidden. Amen? Amen. It's okay to watch these things. And I say, really? Well, explain that to young man Mark, why it's okay to watch those things as he experienced demonic possession and ask him what he thinks about the issue. So if you'll bow your heads with me, I'm gonna kneel and I'd like to pray for Mark before we jump into our sermon. Heavenly Father, we like to thank you for the gift of life. And we know, Lord, that it's not because we were so righteous yesterday that you decided to give us life. Father, we thank you for gathering us here this morning. We ask that by the power of your Holy Spirit, you would bless us through understanding, that you would enlighten the eyes of our minds, that we may be able to perceive truth as it is in Jesus, that we may learn more of his loveliness, and we may sit at the feet of him who is the source of beauty, the beauty of holiness. Father, we lift up this young soul, Mark, you know why the devil is sought to torment his life. And you of all know the purpose that you've created him for. So we commit him into your hands, lifting him up at this hour, asking, Father, that Jesus may have the victory in his soul. But he would not just allow the demon to be cast out and to find his home swept, garnished, and empty, but that he may ask Jesus to abide in his own life. And as he experiences this victory, Lord, may he not keep this experience to himself, but may he allow it to be a means to warn other young people from making similar mistakes. And now, Lord, as we come to our final message, we pray, Father, for your wisdom, that your spirit would travel from heart to heart and from mind to mind, impressing truth upon the soul and that it would have a sanctifying power over our lives. This is our prayer, and we ask that you'll help this to be our experience. For we ask in Jesus' name, amen. The title of our sermon is Unfulfilled Dreams. 
unfulfilled dreams. If you go, I believe it's in Tennessee, to the Martin Luther King Jr. Memorial, one of Dr. King's close friends was a man by the, by the name of Ralph Abernathy. If you've ever been in Atlanta, you know about Ralph the Abernathy Highway. And Ralph Abernathy, after Dr. King was assassinated, they said, You're, you were close to Dr. King. What, what is your response to this assassination? What is your response to such a tragic loss of not just a friend, but also a fellow leader in a movement for justice? And he looked at the camera and they decided to quote him for the memorial. He said, it reminds me of a verse in the Word of God. When Joseph's brothers were on their way to kill Joseph, and they said, let us slay the dreamer and see what becomes of his dreams. It seems as if life is a continual story of unfulfilled dreams. Have you ever had a dream? I had to confess, I even had a dream for this unashamed conference. After opening night, I said, Lord, just give me an opportunity like Justin on opening night for the camera guy to be right here on the stage and for me to ask him to back up. But they never came on stage. So life will continue to be a story of unfulfilled dreams. But on a more serious note, when I was a child, the thing that I loved the most was football. Ever since I could walk, that's all I wanted to do was play football. And living in inner city Chicago, I was this little kid, probably about five, six years old, but apparently I was really fast. So I'd always ask my mom if I could go out, play football. And you know, I was playing with high school kids. So here I am, this little first grader on this field. And back in Chicago, we don't play football like you see on TV. You know, there's no rules. And we play it called pile up tackle football. And so what this means is, is that there are no downs, first down, second down, third down. All it is is someone throws the ball and they try to give it to the fastest person, which sometimes happened to be me. And so my middle name, one of my middle names is Jamal, so they used to call me Little J. And they say, hey, Little J, you catch the ball. We're going to block for you. So I'd be waiting. I catch the ball and I start running. And I'm running down this field. And as I'm running down this field, I remember, you know, I thought I had a few moves, right? So I started juking around and turning and doing this. But there was one kid, he was just a very big guy. And I don't mean muscular. And me being six years old, I think I just didn't gauge it right. And as I was running down the field, I thought I could go around him, but I didn't miss him. <laughs> and my shoulder hit him and I started twirling in the air fell on the ground, and of course, this is pile-up tackle football, so this enormously large young man decided to plop himself down on top of me. After that, I don't know what happened. Everyone else jumped on top. They finally peeled everybody off of me. Of course, I was crying, <laughs> extremely bruised. I came in like I came, you know, I came into my mom's house like, I was returning from the Vietnam War. <laughs> I'm like, 
My mom comes in, I told you not to play football with those big kids. So you know, she sees my little scrapes and bruises and says, you know what? I'm not gonna get the hydrogen peroxide, I'm gonna get the alcohol. I'm like, oh no. So she takes the alcohol and she starts dabbing my little bruises and I'm squirming and you know, I'm trying to be tough. And as soon as you know, she's done, the band-aids are on, I'm like, mom, can I go outside and play football? And I got older and I remember I was going to high school and I asked my parents, I went to the, the field training, I went to the scrimmages and I came home with the form and I said, mom, can you sign this? This is all I need so I can play football. My mom says, no, you're gonna get hurt. I argued and argued and argued. She said, all right, call your dad. So I called my dad. Daddy, can I play football? No, you're gonna get hurt. So we argued and argued and argued, nothing came out of it. I showed up the next day to the coach and I said, my parents won't sign the waiver form. And I remember how broken hearted I was, this 13 year old kid. And life seemed to be a continual story of unfulfilled dreams. Turn with me to the book of Second Chronicles, chapter six. Second Chronicles, chapter six. When you're there, say amen. There's mercy. Second Chronicles chapter six. The Bible says this. Then said Solomon, the Lord hath said that he would dwell in the thick darkness, but I have built an house of habitation for thee and a place for thy dwelling forever. And the king turned his face and he blessed the whole congregation of Israel. And all the congregation of Israel stood. And he said, blessed be the Lord God of Israel who hath with his hands fulfilled that which he spake with his mouth to my father David saying, since the day that I brought forth my people out of the land of Egypt, I chose no city among all the tribes of Israel to build an house in, that my name might be there. Neither chose I any man to be a ruler over my people Israel, but I have chosen Jerusalem, that my name might be there, and have chosen David to be over my people Israel. Now it was in the heart of David my father to build an house for the name of the Lord God of Israel. But the Lord said to David my father, for as much as it was within thine heart to build a house for my name, thou didst well in that it was within thine heart. Notwithstanding, thou shalt not build the house, but thy son, which shall come forth out of thy loins, he shall build the house for my name. You see, have you ever had a dream that was never fulfilled. Sometimes it's the dream itself. Before I was a Christian, my dream was to become a hip hop superstar. That was my dream. Every breath, every social interaction, every place I went, even in college, I had a boom box that I kept at the rec center. 
so that when I would leave class, we would have the boombox doing our little rap sessions on campus. This was my life. This was my dream. But there was something wrong with the dream. And so life continued to be a story of unfulfilled dreams. But even more so, sometimes it's the dreamer. And God told David, yes, it was within your heart to build me a house. But you can't build the house, David. The problem is not the dream. The problem is the dreamer. But he said, David, it is well, because it was within your heart. We've all tasted this bitter cup. We all, if we could have time to sit with down with our parents and say, Mom, what was your dream? What did you want to be when you grew up? And I remember talking to a young lady's mom one time, and she said, you know, I always wanted to be in music ministry. Her mother works at an accounting firm. And life continues to be a story of unfulfilled dreams. I think about a story I heard about the Rwandan genocide and how when the, when the Hutus were killing all the Tutsis and it was just starting, and then they realized that they started killing Tutsi children. And this lady came and she was trying to have this orphanage of Rwandan children. And as they came in, they wanted to kill them slowly. So they wouldn't use guns, they used machetes. And she remembered them making her watch as an American, them kill this young girl. And she looked at her and she said, please help me. Please help me. And right before she was killed, she turned to the lady, she said, I don't want to be a Tootsie anymore. I promise I won't be a Tootsie anymore. And life continued to be a story of unfulfilled dreams. I think about slaves who used to sing songs, the only way for their heart to experience freedom. Sometimes I get discouraged and think my work is in vain. But then the Holy Spirit revives my soul again. There is a balm in Gilead. Life continued to be a story of unfulfilled dreams. I think about the Holocaust and reading that book by Eli Wiesel called Night. And he remembered when he was going into the concentration camp he said, my only desire is for me and my father to survive. And after four years, just months before they were liberated, his father died. And he sat there on the bed. And the last voice he heard was his father calling out to him, Eleazar, Eleazar. And he said, deep down in my heart, I was angry that he was calling my name. And when they finally killed him, there was a sense of peace in my heart. It's as if a burden was lifted. And he said, it broke my heart that I even felt this way. 
And months later, he walked away free without his father. And life continued to be a story of unfulfilled dreams. Turn with me to the book of Hebrews, chapter 11. Hebrews chapter 11. You see, friends, I believe that much of the Bible is teaching us how life has continued to be a story of unfulfilled dreams. We start with Abraham in Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 8. The Bible says, by faith, Abraham, when he was called to go out into a place which he should after receive for an inheritance, obeyed and he went out, not knowing whither he went. By faith, he sojourned in the land of promise, as in a strange country, dwelling in tabernacles with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs with him of the same promise. For he looked for a city which hath foundations, whose builder and maker is God. Verse 13, these all died in faith, not having received the promises, but having seen them afar off, and were persuaded of them, and embraced them, and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. For they that say such things declare plainly that they seek a country, and truly, if they had been mindful of that country from whence they came out, they might have had opportunity to have returned. But now, they desire a better country. Or I can say they dreamed of a better country that is in heavenly. Wherefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God. And for Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, Life continued to be a story of unfulfilled dreams. Turn with me to the book of Genesis, chapter 40. Genesis, chapter 40. We have the story of Joseph. Genesis, chapter 40, and while Joseph is in prison, he interprets the dream of one of Pharaoh's servants. In verse 12, And Joseph said unto him, This is the interpretation of it. The three branches are three days. Yet within three days shall Pharaoh lift up thine head and restore thee unto thy place, and thou shalt deliver Pharaoh's cup into his hand. And after the former manner when thou wast his butler, but think upon me when it shall be well with thee, and show kindness, I pray thee, unto me, and make mention of me unto Pharaoh, and bring me out of his, this house. For indeed I was stolen away out of the land of the Hebrews, and here also have I done nothing that they should put me into the dungeon. You see in Joseph's heart there was a dream that one day I can go home, back to my father's house. I was stolen. And when you go back into Pharaoh's court, remember me, he said. But we know that Joseph was never able to go home. So you turn to Genesis chapter 50. Genesis chapter 50. And it was finally dawning upon Joseph 
that he would not be able to leave Egypt and go back to the land of his fathers. So he comes to his brethren in verse 24 of Genesis chapter 50. And Joseph said unto his brethren, I die. He said, I'm dying. And God will surely visit you and bring you out of this land unto the land which he sware to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob. And Joseph took an oath of the children of Israel, saying, God will surely visit you, and you shall carry up my bones. I won't be able to go with you when you get into the promised land. But since life will continue to be a story of unfulfilled dreams, I want you to carry up my bones, even though I can't make it, at least bury me there. Don't bury me in Egypt. And Joseph said, I have a dream. And God looks down to these patriarchs and he says, Abraham, I know it was within your heart. You wanted to see the promises. You wanted to bring the heathen nations to the feet of God. You see, Joseph wanted to go home, and God says to them, it is well, because it was within your heart. But then we also have Moses. Go with me to Deuteronomy chapter 34. Then you also have Moses, this great leader of Israel. Deuteronomy chapter 34. Verse 1, And Moses went up from the plains of Moab unto the mountain of Nebo, to the top of Pisgah, that is over against Jericho. And the Lord showed him all the land of Gilead unto Dan, and all Naphtali, and the land of Ephraim and Manasseh, in all the land of Judah unto the uttermost sea, and the south, and the plain of the valley of Jericho, and the city of palm trees unto Zoar. And the Lord said unto him, This is the land. Can you imagine? This is the land. God is showing Moses himself. All this time, Moses, a hundred and twenty years, and God sits on the shoulders of his servant and he points to him. This is the land which I swear to Abraham and to Isaac and to Jacob, saying, I will give it unto thy seed. I have caused thee to see it with thine eyes, Moses. But thou shalt go, not go over thither. And life continued to be a story of unfulfilled dreams. 40 years in the wilderness, being accused of usurping leadership, finally praying for a rebellious nation, interceding for people who don't even want to follow God. God saying, Moses, you know what? I'll just make a nation out of you. Forget these people. And Moses said, Lord, if you don't take them into the promised land, I don't go. putting his own dreams aside. And God looked at Moses because of one mistake, friends. One mistake Moses made 
and he was looking over on the mountaintop. This time not to receive the commandments of God, not to receive instructions to build a sanctuary, but to see the land of his dreams, only to know he can never enter. And life continued to be a story of unfulfilled dreams. Turn with me to the book of Acts, chapter 1. Acts chapter 1. And verse 8. When you're there, say amen. Acts chapter 1. And Jesus about to leave his disciples. And in verse 8 he says, But ye shall receive power. After that the Holy Ghost is come upon you. And you shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost part of the earth. Here is the last words you hear from God on earth whom you've had the privilege of walking with. And as Jesus is ascending, he says, you shall receive power. And guess what, Peter? Guess what, John? You're going to take this gospel unto the uttermost parts of the earth. And he had already told them that he would return when this gospel is preached to all the world for a witness. The disciples heard that on the Mount of Olives. So they thought to themselves, here comes the dream. If we can preach the gospel to all the world, we can see Jesus come back in our generation. It was in the heart of the apostles. Then you bring in Paul, and it was in the heart of Paul, raising up churches. And then you find that eventually James gets martyred. Peter gets crucified upside down. Thomas is dragged through the streets of India for preaching the gospel, and yet and still, life continued to be a story of unfulfilled dreams. Desiring to see Jesus come, but never able to see. Do you have a dream? You see, friends, GYC exists because somebody had a dream. And God looks down at Moses, seeking to lead his people into the promised land. God looks down at the apostles, to Peter and to James and to John. And when they get to heaven, they're looking Jesus face to face and they say, Lord, we wanted to finish your work in our generation. And Jesus will say, Peter, Peter, it is well, because it was within your heart. Paul, being beheaded by Nero, standing before King Agrippa. He says, King Agrippa, I wish that you were not only almost, but all and completely persuaded to be a Christian, even as I am, except these bonds. And God will look in the face of Paul, and he will say, Paul, it is well because it was within your heart. Our Advent pioneers 
They wanted to see Jesus come. Can you imagine October 11th, 1844? They thought Jesus was coming in 11 days. Ellen White describes that prayer meeting and how no one would go to sleep until they knew in their heart of hearts that there was nothing between my soul and the Savior. I wanted to make sure I was ready. And it makes me wonder if we really thought Jesus was coming. If we really believed in our heart of hearts, would we have prayed the same we prayed this morning? Would we have had the conversations we had last night? And you think about how this church was founded, how God raised up this remnant church. And you see the spirit of dedication, the sacrifice, and the commitment. I remember reading about one of my favorites, J.N. Andrews, going over to France as a missionary, got on the ship with his daughters, and when he got on the ship, he told his daughters, he said, look, he said, look, we're going out to France. We don't speak English anymore. And he told his daughters, we're not going to speak any more English. They had to learn French. He got to France, started doing the ministry, producing periodicals. And then they got word that Jared Andrews was sick. So Ellen White and some other of the brethren got a chance to visit him. And when the doctor came, they realized that he was starving himself. They said, this man is not eating. I said, what are you talking about? And they found out that he was starving himself and wasn't using the funds that they were sending for his food so that he could print more tracts. And they described in the last year of his life how he would come to his table to have devotions. And because he was sick, he couldn't even stay awake very long. His body was so weak and they said he would sit down at his table, he would put his head on his Bible, and he would just cry. And as he was on his deathbed, they say he was constantly haunted. I didn't do enough. There's more I could have done to further the work of God. And then he said this line in French, I rest everything in the hands of God. And God's going to take Jane Andrews when he gets to heaven and he's going to say, it is well because it was within your heart. He's going to take James White and he's going to say, it is well because it was within your heart. It was in the heart of my brother Israel Ramos that there exists an army of young people who want to see Jesus come in their generation. Israel, God's going to tell you it is well. Even if he doesn't come before you die, because it was within your heart. One day, brothers and sisters, Jesus is going to get to heaven. 
And the Bible says that God would have all men to be saved. He's not willing that any should perish. And Jesus is going to come to heaven and everyone's not going to be there. And he's going to say, wait, everyone's going to put their crowns down at his feet. And the father is going to take his son whom he gave for you and for me. And he's going to say, it is well, Jesus, because it was within your heart. It is well, because it was within your heart. And my question this morning, is it even in your heart to finish the work? We don't have to be ashamed if it doesn't happen through us. Because God was talking to David. You wanted to build me a house. And David, it is well that it was within your heart. After Solomon built it, David was dead. And Solomon said, it was in the heart of David, my father, to build a house for my God. It was in his heart. And my fear, GYC, is for many of us, it's just a conference. Just seminars. Just want to deal with the hard issues. But my question is, is it even in your heart to finish the work? I'm tired. I look at Mark Finley and it almost brings me to tears because I can see it's in his heart. He wants to finish the work. He wants to go home. All these years, he's faithfully preached the word of God. I listen to C.D. Brooks and it breaks my heart. All these years, he's faithfully preached the word of God. And now they look at us and the question is, is it even in your heart? Is it even in your heart? Are we just playing youth conference? Will life continue to be a story of unfulfilled dreams? This morning, that is my question. This sermon breaks my heart because sometimes I get discouraged. I'm not going to lie. Sometimes you wonder, is your work in vain? Why spend the long hours studying the Word of God? Why get up and preach? Young people, oh, Brother Sebastian, Pastor Ashrick, Pastor, I enjoyed your sermon. We're not here for entertainment, young people. We're not here to just rouse your hearts and say, rah, 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 this is great. It's because in our hearts, we're saying, Lord, Jesus charged us as ministers before God and before Jesus, who will judge the quick and the dead as his appearing. Preach the word. And because we preach the word to challenge young people to believe we're not extraordinary people, we're not superstars. We want to go home just like you. So the danger is we leave this conference. Like he said in Ezekiel, oh, they treat you like a man with a lovely voice. They will listen to you, but they won't do what you say. 
Brothers and sisters, we have to be of a certain kind of heart. And within your heart and mind, we have to find out, is it within my heart? Have we made a commitment in our minds, brothers and sisters, that there's only two options for an unashamed Christian? Either Jesus comes and we finish the work, or I die trying. That is where it was in David's heart. You can't build it, David, God said. It wasn't because it wasn't within his heart. It's because God said he couldn't build it. It wasn't the dream. It was the dreamer. So my appeal this morning, I don't need to prolong this any longer. Is it in your heart? And if you want to say this morning before the Lord Jesus Christ, forget about the cameras, forget about your friends, forget about what's popular, just to look up. I don't want people to come up just because it's another appeal. If you're going to come up here right now, you're coming up and saying, Sebastian, our heart is with yours. Our heart is with you, Pastor Finley, David Ashrick, and Israel. I'm not ashamed to have an unfulfilled dream. I'm not ashamed. And it's in my heart to finish the work. It's in my heart. I want to finish it. And you're saying, Lord, this morning, either I'm going to finish the work by your grace, I'm going to die trying. Just kneel with me wherever you are as you're coming up. Wherever you are. And as we come up, you can keep coming up, it's fine. But this morning we're saying, life doesn't have to continue to be a story of unfulfilled dreams. And we're coming before Jesus, our creator, our savior. in our coming King. We're saying this morning, Jesus, it's in my heart. It's in my heart to finish your work and to see you come in my generation. Give us what we need, Lord. Give us what we need. That's what we're saying. I want to give you a moment just to talk to the Lord within your own heart. Just talk to him within your own heart. Is it really within my heart? And if it's not, Lord, place it there. Give me courage. Help me to be unashamed, Lord so that life doesn't continue to be a story of unfulfilled dreams.
Heavenly Father, we come before you as one man. And we are saying this morning, Lord, encouraged by your words to David, that it was in the heart of David, Solomon's father, to build a house for you. But you told David, Father, for as much as it was within thine heart, thou didst well that it was within thine heart. Lord, we're coming before you today realizing we don't have to be ashamed of unfulfilled dreams. Encouraged to know that even though we may not see the fruition of everything, that we have dreamed, but that one day you're going to come before us in heaven and you're going to say, it is well, because it was within your heart. And this morning we are saying, Lord, because we really believe we are the last generation. It's in our hearts, Lord. We have the young people. Help us to be rightly trained and help us to take the message of a crucified and soon coming Savior to all the world in this generation. Father, for us, all we pray this morning as GYC. All we pray this morning is that it would be within our hearts, Lord. So that the issue will never be the dreamer. It'll never be the dream. And it won't be the dreamer. And we can see Jesus coming in the clouds of glory. And we can be raptured up to meet the Lord in the air. This is our prayer. And we ask that you'll help this to be our experience. For we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. This media was produced by Audioverse for GYC, Generation of Youth for Christ. If you would like to learn more about GYC, please visit www.gycweb.org. Or if you would like to listen to more free online sermons, please visit www.audioverse.org